Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, the big guy talking trash, causing drama before the show even starts. Ah, we will get to the national championship scenario, but I was thinking about this before the show started. It, what we saw on Saturday night between the Lions and the Cowboys, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. John Goulet, our boss, will admit. Femi, the biggest Cowboy fans on the planet, will admit. Amal asked a question yesterday about the NFL, and it was off of the prop that Circa hung. Will the Ravens or the 49ers win the Super Bowl? Yes is minus 115. So essentially at Circa, you can bet the field at minus 115. So I started thinking about it a little bit more. And if you were to throw out power rankings today, the Cowboys, Maul, and Dustin, and the Lions are going to be in your, like, what, top five, top seven? Yeah. Everybody's power rankings, correct? Yes. Dustin, Confirmed. correct? Yep. Okay. That was the Cowboys and Lions was that was the funniest, most entertaining, almost like you want to put both teams in a headlock and give them a noogie and just like, oh, you guys are hilarious because McCarthy is a donk. We're going to play a clip from camp. Campbell said you pushed us back to the seven. We're still going for two because he's just a prideful, all velocity, all caffeine type of guy. There are two teams that are so flawed. The secondary of the Lions is the worst in the NFL. The Cowboys are just tripping over themselves in inopportune times. And I just got to thinking, boys, like, yes, these are two teams that we're going to hear from in the postseason. But I got the more I started thinking them all, the more I'm like 49ers and Ravens. I think by the time the dance starts and you give me 14, I think I have to take those two. I would agree with you. When you start to go through the teams in the NFC, just realistically, that can win in Santa Clara. I think the Rams, the fact that they're playing potentially in the second weekend instead of the third weekend is an advantage for them. I think that third game wears you down a little bit. Dallas could because it's a revenge spot. They got embarrassed up there earlier this year. Maybe the Lions because they have an offense that can put up some points. But, I mean, I am really stretching it here. The Niners are a clear-cut favorite. Patrick, I think you agree with that. On the flip side in the AFC, look, there's not been anybody who's more staunch against Lamar Jackson in the postseason than me. But you have to give him a credit. In the biggest games of the season, he played his best football. In Santa Clara, on the road to Monday Night Football, on the game, in the game uh, for the AFC home field against the Miami Dolphins. All he did was have a 158.3 perfect quarterback rating. You literally can't play better than that. All he does is throw for five touchdown passes. The Kansas City Chiefs, are you kidding me right now? This team can't get out of its own way. They end up kicking five, six field goals against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. The Miami Dolphins are doing everything they can to self-sabotage the AFC East. Okay, yes, the Buffalo Bills are coming on. The Browns have a quarterback that might be in AARP sooner than he is back to where his days were in Baltimore. I mean, right now, it is the Ravens and the 49ers, barring injury and barring a, excuse me, a catastrophic collapse. And that's exactly what I came up with. It's the Lions and Cowboys. And what was so entertaining is their ineptitude and the flaws that the team represent. You don't have flaws with the Ravens. You don't have flaws with the 49ers. The Cowboys are fun. Something's going to happen. 
Dan Campbell's going to do something. Goff's going to throw an inopportune pick. They can run the football. They drafted a running back, yet Montgomery's better. Laporta's a stud. That was a hit. There's just so many weird... It hasn't happened since 1957. They could potentially play a quarterback that the whole entire city blames for the ineptitude over 100 years and Matthew Stafford in round one. I just love it. And then you brought up Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP, Dustin Sweetelson. He was available in the offseason, and 31 teams were like, we're good. Not necessarily sold on that guy. Now we're having debates about Justin Fields. Should the Bears move on? Mason Rudolph's going to start for a team that could, could go to the postseason. Baker Mayfield's going to get paid, but the MVP, these experts in analysis and the people in the front office were, Atlanta was like, Jackson, no thank you. Ritter, yes please. It's <laughs> absolute it's like it's hilarious. There's a bunch of donks running the league and we bet on this league. Every front office, every front office that opted to not really consider Lamar Jackson should be fired. I'm sorry. I, you 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 cannot have a potential player available out there and to not even make like that to me is collusion. Like they were all all the other owners were working with the Ravens to make sure the Ravens got to keep their guy at the right price. They didn't want to upset what was going on there. If you're if you're a franchise and the hardest thing for you to do is to find a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl and Lamar out Lamar Jackson's out there and the only thing it's going to cost you is money. You failed. I, I would agree with you guys completely in terms of what you both said. The only people that didn't get in on this collusion was the uh, Cleveland Browns. They said, no, no, no. We got a sexual harasser. Let's pay him because his career is pretty much over. But you're right. I love your assessment when you said, ah, Desmond Ritter, more please. Well, how about the commanders? But they, but they, they were just like, well, they laughed at the, at the prospect of even a dalliance with Jackson. Jackson's minus 20,000 to win the MVP. Now, Purdy should probably be a little bit closer, but Amal said it really well. His two last wins against 49ers in San Francisco or Santa Clara, and then the dominance over Miami, that's going to win him the MVP. So, again, it's time for the national championship in college football. It's just something I thought about because we have to start preparing ourselves. Like, once you distill what we're watching, and we can use last night's Final Four as a here's what we thought going in and here's what we take away coming out. We have to prepare ourselves for the NFL postseason. Like there's so much variance. And it's like, for example, there are 20 teams still alive for the postseason. Okay. Think about it this way. The Falcons are at new Orleans this weekend, boys, new Orleans is laying three points. If the Falcons beat new Orleans and Tampa Bay were to lose, the Falcons are a four seed in hosting a playoff game. <laughs> If the Falcons lose to New Orleans and Tampa beats the Panthers, more likely the Atlanta Falcons are drafting eighth. That's a great analysis and a breakdown in terms of how bad and ineptitude the NFC South has been and what the situation is right now in the NFC. And by the way, one of these teams has to prevent San Francisco from getting to Las Vegas. Hosting a playoff game. <laughs> Arthur Smith, who I think you two agree with me, he's got to go. Like it, the he, he he not winning this division with that team this year because of pride and not using Bijan, who I wasn't high on, but by far their best, play, and not capitalizing. He's got to go. He could be hosting a playoff. That, that's game. the thing is the variance of what could happen. Arthur Smith could lose his job or he could keep his job depending on if they make the playoffs or not. Correct. Uh, I agree with you though, Arthur Smith. It's not even just the Desmond Ritter thing. Like it's not just losing. It. It's the fact that. Similar to Dan Campbell, not reassessing a situation after realizing post-flop the cards are a little bit different than I thought they were going to be. Like, that's the thing. Thinking you could win with Desmond Ritter at the beginning of the year, that's one thing. It's keep running him out there and not even trying to make a move for anyone else. That's the reason that he should be fired. The hubris and the overconfidence that he believes that he can scheme up anybody at quarterback into a playoff quarterback, that's why Arthur Smith is built to be a coordinator and not a head coach. I, I want to go back to something Dustin said, which was, how could all these teams pass on Lamar Jackson? Oh, my knock on Lamar was the lack of success in the postseason, but I didn't think as a passer he was good enough to get his team past Cincinnati and Kansas City, two teams that you expect to be in the postseason with Burrow and Mahomes respectively. But for me, the biggest thing is if you're Atlanta, you look at these other teams, you look at the weapons the Falcons have from an offensive standpoint. You bring in Lamar Jackson in that field turf, in a dome, 
where's the problem? You got Young Wei Koo. As soon as you cross the 40-yard line, you're in field goal range. Lamar would have been a nightmare in that division. This team right now would be breathing down the necks of San Francisco for a potential home field advantage if they had him instead of Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Two guys who should be getting, they should be like non-roster invitees in spring training. Well, so, hold on, but the, the way people look at Lamar, is that I understand that criticism of the throwing. I right? swear I expected this to be 90 seconds, but uh, continue. <laughs> when, when, you're, when you're a GM, you, you get paid for making the postseason, and the plan is, like, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen, right? If you're in the playoffs, you believe a team can get hot, you believe the matchup can be right for you, and you can make a run to the Super Bowl. And then once you get to the Super Bowl, people don't like to say this because they like to trash the Buffalo Bills. It's a freaking coin flip. It's 50-50. They just had the worst run of roulette I've ever seen in the history of the world. Uh my point about Lamar, though, bringing it back, he is the greatest floor raiser we've ever seen in the history of the NFL, possibly sports. I believe you could put Lamar Jackson on any non-playoff team in the NFL, and they would make the playoffs because of him. I don't know if they win the Super Bowl, but they make the playoffs. He gets them to the postseason. That's how good I think he is. Yeah, I think That's you're how right. I think you're both is. right, because Amal's right. He hasn't won anything yeah. in the postseason, so yeah. he has to show and prove. So, again... Bad hosting by me, but the Cowboys and Lions stand alone on Saturday, somehow connected, and it's, I, I just needed to bring it up because these are teams that are going to be favored in the postseason. The Cowboys are going to be a two-seed, most likely. The Lions are going to be a three-seed. Like, I thought they're so precocious on set. I'm like, you guys are the funniest. McCarthy's throwing Hail Marys when he should just be running the football. <laughs> Dan Campbell, he's, just, he's losing his mind, and I freaking love the guy. So that brings us to last night. We said 19 of the 23 experts were on Alabama here at VEASAN. <laughs> we work yeah. with a lot of smart people. And I'm not, I'm not, there's no facetiousness. There's no sarcasm. There's no passiveness. But we have to distill this and learn something coming out of it. Because Amal, we'll start with you. I think you would agree, aside from special teams, Michigan was the comfortable winner in this football game last night and should have ran away with it against Alabama if you give them special teams, which they botched all night. Well, just think about this. Michigan gave away eight points. Morgan fumbles the punt return. That was not caused by Alabama. That was Morgan looking up into the sun, probably shouldn't have fielded the ball. Alabama recovers it. You have a dropped or a bad snap on the extra point. And so there's another uh, eight. That's eight points right there. Michigan was the far better team minus the third quarter. I'll give Alabama. They were the better team in the third quarter. But sure. to me, when you look at it, um, Alabama in that first half was fortunate to be in the game only down by three points. That was the only indictment ahead of the Wolverines in the first half. I thought Michigan should have had a larger lead than three points. They clearly outplayed Alabama after the first few minutes in that game. Yeah, I totally agree. And we do have a number. Um, when we come back, maybe the two of you can explain why is Michigan laying four and a half against Washington? Am I drunk? Is there something happening? Why isn't it a pick'em? Now, I understand it's a market, but if we're going to compare the two teams, coin flip. We're back. Sharp money. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. By DraftKings, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, Hour 2. We welcome you back. Second day of January. Happy New Year. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from downtown Las Vegas. They're at the D. Stop by and say hello. Let's talk a little NFL football to kick off Hour 2. Miles Simmons, pro football talk and NBC Sports writer, joins us at Miles A. Simmons on Twitter. And we say, what's up to Miles? Hi, Miles. Thanks for joining. This is uh, a week 18. So by my math, I've got 20 teams still alive, five postseason bids, four division titles remain unclaimed. We're heading into something crazy coming up Saturday and Sunday, right? It looks like there was an issue. You may not be there now. Well, you know what it was? The question was incredibly (laughs) intense. And I think he's just speechless. He's like, dude, did you even ask me a question or did you make a statement? Did you go to broadcasting school or are you just getting started Wait, today? But you didn't go to broadcasting school. You went to business school. Of course school. I didn't. I, didn't I, I, I cheated my way through school. I was a, people say, did you go to broadcast? They said I was a business major. They said, what business? I said, uh, administration. Because <laughs> I don't even know what I graduated with. Anyway. Business school. It, it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to my question for a non-existent guest and just kind of say it the same way to you boys. This is pretty nuts. We've never seen anything like this. We, I think it's the first time tied for the most. Okay, so tied for most one week left in 41 years. This is what I wrote down earlier in my notes. Meaning the amount of teams and playoff spots left open. So let's bring back or bring in for the first time, Miles Simmons, pro football talk and NBC sports, right? Hi, Miles. Nice to see you. You look good there with the setup and thanks Hello. for joining. Uh, let's get your take on week you. 18. You guys hear me now, because I, guess, I think yes. the big one that most people are pointing to are the bills down in Miami. By the way, the bills are favored by three, but we've got madness on deck here. Yeah, you know, I, the the Bills game obviously with the Dolphins is the one that is that everybody's going to be thinking about and everybody's going to be talking about. And the interesting thing about that to me is that look, if the Bills win, then yeah, they're the two seed. But if they lose and Pittsburgh and Jacksonville have already won, then they're going to be out of the playoffs. And that to me is one of those kind of crazy deals where look, the Bills have been playing as good a football as anybody basically since their bye week, if not a little bit before then, but. Still, what the way they messed around early on in the season, it's like, well, now they may find out that their their you know Super Bowl hopes are going to be completely extinguished. So yeah, this is going to be a really really big game between them and the Dolphins on Sunday night. Miles, how much of a loss does Bradley Chubb have on the defensive front and going after a quarterback with the mobility like Josh Allen? Oh, it's huge, and, and you know the fact that they'd already lost Jalen. Phillips United game against the Jets that makes it even worse because now you have your top two edge rushers that are gone and you know a lot of teams can sustain those kinds of injuries where it's one but if you've got both of those dudes that were both really playing quite well um, for Vic Fangio in that defense there and all of a sudden now you've got to compensate for that with your depth when your depth becomes your frontline guys, that's not usually a recipe for success. And then also you've got Xavier Howard, who's got a foot injury and we'll have to see if he's going to even be able to play. And that doesn't help your back end when you don't have that. Now they still do have Jalen Ramsey, obviously one of the top three defensive backs in the national football league. But when you only have that guy and not the top pieces that you usually have around him, that really does make a significant difference. Miles, let's rewind to Saturday night and talk about the Lions and Cowboys. Now, the game was full of drama, but I want to talk about the two teams moving forward. Both teams 11 and 5. I think we could all agree they both have some questions as we enter the postseason, but where would you put the Lions and Cowboys right now? 
Well, I think both appropriately seeded at this point, right? With Dallas as the two seed going into the weekend, Detroit the three seed. But, I mean, they're not on the level of San Francisco. And we've seen that with San Francisco basically blasting Dallas earlier on in the year. And frankly, I don't think Detroit is at that level right now with San Francisco either. So, you know, Detroit could win a playoff game or two. Maybe they do end up getting... to think that Detroit with the inconsistency let's call it that we've seen from their defense is going to be able to stop Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and all those guys for four quarters I I, I don't know how that's going to happen now I, I didn't really see Baltimore going up to Santa Clara and having the kind of game that they did either so anything can happen but it just yeah you know you've got Detroit they're good I don't know if they're great you got Dallas, good. I don't know if they're great either, and we'll have to see how that shakes out. But they could have a playoff run, but I don't know if they're getting past San Fran. Miles, we have a wager out here. It's a pick 'em. I'll give you the Niners or the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, or I'll give you the other 30 teams. Who are you taking? Uh, I'll still say the Niners because I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that they have the most talent and uh, that's with all due respect to the Baltimore Ravens. Cause I know that uh, somebody I work with, Mike Florio got in trouble a little bit for what he said about the 49ers Ravens. But I, I just think that you give Kyle Shanahan a second shot at that. And that game's going to look a little different. You give Brock Purdy a second shot at that defense. And that game's going to look a little bit different. So yeah, and it, it, it's not anything against Baltimore, you know. I, I think that that's a really, really good team. They obviously have a very good defense, and they have kicked the crap out of two really good teams in the last two weeks. But I just – I think when push comes to shove, the 49ers have the kind of championship experience that is a little bit lacking with Baltimore, at least, you know, from a player standpoint, not necessarily the coaching standpoint. And, you know, San Francisco's been – in consecutive NFC championship games. They've played a lot of really big games, and I just think that this is the year where they put it all together. Miles Simmons, NBC Sports, Pro Football Talk. I believe you wrote at Pro Football Talk about Sean McVay confirming he will return. Uh, can you find a bigger surprise on the season than the Rams right now sitting 9-7? and seven? I certainly didn't have it before the season started. Yeah, I, I didn't either, and I thought that they would be better than people might Think, but I, I didn't know that, you know, you get Matthew Stafford playing as well as he's played, especially you look at what that team did last year. It just it never really even got started. Well, I and mean, I was at that game that they had, you know, the kind of coronation on Thursday night against the Bills and they didn't look right. You know, they, they almost looked a little bit lost and Buffalo looked like a juggernaut at that point. And so it didn't it just went off the rails from there. But, you know, this year started well against Seattle. You had the Matthew Stafford thumb injury in the middle of the season. But since they're by, they have really been one of the league's elite teams. And they did have some struggles um, against the Giants on Sunday. They've been having trouble finishing games well over the last few weeks. But I, I think that they can be dangerous because they've got Aaron Donald on defense. And whenever you've got Aaron Donald on defense, that guy is going to wreck shop if he can. And offensively, you've got Stafford playing at a high level. Kyron Williams has been absolutely one of the league's best running backs, you know, as long as he's been healthy all year. And with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua on the outside, like that, that's a really, really strong offensive attack. So I don't know who exactly the Rams are going to play if they end up as a six or the seven seed. Um, but, I mean, if they go to Detroit, let's say, as the six and Detroit's the three, like, I could absolutely see them winning that game on the road. Miles, Trevor Lawrence went healthy. Give me your assessment on him. And then Jacksonville. Is this team going to be a first-round exit, potentially facing off against Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, I, I think whether Trevor Lawrence is healthy or not, I, I don't know that Jacksonville is getting out of the first round of the playoffs. I think, you know, the only way I think an AFC South team is getting out of the first round of the playoffs is if it's the Texans, and they're probably playing at home because they ended up winning the division because they won Saturday and then the Titans beat Jacksonville on Sunday. I mean, I, it's hard to know what Trevor Lawrence is. Right? Trevor Lawrence can show spurts of greatness where he's just on it. He's throwing lasers. He's throwing darts and guys are open and everything. And then he just has these lapses where it's like, bro, what in the world are you doing? I mean, so I, he's just wildly inconsistent to me. And it's just it's a little bit disappointing because I felt like this is a year that you want to start to see him grow into one of these elite players. 
I mean, we've been watching Trevor Lawrence since he was a freshman at Clemson. So we know who this guy is. We know that he's got all the talent in the world. It's just he's not been able to put it together. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I go back and forth on him, and I think that that's part of the problem. I, I, I don't know really what to make of him because he seems like he could be great, but right now he's not. Yeah, I think you summed up Jacksonville perfectly as well. Houston, this is the last one. Houston, Indy, this Saturday, nightcap. Both teams right now, Miles, uh, in the postseason. So essentially a pick em. You've got Houston laying a point at Indy. Who do you got in the matchup? I'm going to go with the Texans because I'm going to go with the better quarterback. You know, that to me is just the, the thing, right? C.J. Stroud, he is back, played well last week against the Titans. And, you know, I got to go with C.J. Stroud over Gardner Minshew. I think that the Shane Steichen, head coach of the Colts, has done a great job over the course of the year bringing Gardner Minshew along. And you wish you could have seen what Anthony Richardson could have done with the full season. But, look, C.J. Stroud has been one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League this year when he's been healthy. I'm glad he's healthy now. And I'm glad that we as a nation kind of get to see him because we really haven't had that kind of marquee game for the Texans this year. So, I think that they're going to win, and I think that they're going to get it to, into the postseason. Well done. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. Got a bunch up there, NBC Sports as well, at Miles A. Simmons on Twitter. Great job, Miles. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay. Sure. Thank you, Miles. Appreciate it. Okay. So when we return, we do have um, – Amal's got some college basketball for you tonight. We've got our buddy coming up in just a bit, Mike Randall as well. But Dustin teased me. Apparently, Dan Campbell went on local sports talk in Detroit and explained when he got pushed back to the seven why he doubled down on going for two. Analytics be damned. But you promised me, big guy, that this is a great response from my head coach, correct? He, uh, he certainly is willing to take the criticism. Okay. All octane, baby. Going to come back a little college basketball. And, of course, Dan Campbell, Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the betting splits, vcin.com slash splits, money and bets for every game, updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and future events as well, your favorite tool at your favorite site, vcin.com slash splits. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. Is it Randall time? Hell yeah. <laughs> at Randall Rant, of course, our buddy Mike Randall, FTN, Network Chief Content Officer. Happy New Year, Mike. It's nice to see you. Uh, give us an idea what's happening. Last time I talked to you, you were like 150 and two in your last 152 college basketball plays. What's the streak now? Oh, we were scalding hot up until Saturday where we got punched in the mouth like Clubber Lang early. <laughs> had an offer to start the day, but came back in the second half and, of course, bounced back yesterday with a couple two-unit plays. So we are rolling again. But you know the regression monster was coming. It came in the morning of Saturday, but then the afternoon and the night, we were able to get it back there. So you know it's coming. got to ride the wave, guys. Now we're starting a new streak. So far, 2024, off to a great start. Amal, Amal, can I just follow up with that? Please. I was talking to Dustin earlier today, and we were talking about Randall. I was like, this guy's great. I said, he came on our show, and he said his biggest discrepancy weeks ago was remember when the Chargers and the Raiders were playing with two backup quarterbacks, and everybody was on the under just because it made sense. And he goes, no, I got a 16-point discrepancy and variance here to the over. The Raiders commenced to score more points than they've ever scored in the history of the franchise. Like, that might be, Amal, that might be the best call on sharp money we've had in a year. I, I said to Mike, he was on last week with us, and I said, you and Dustin were out, and I said, Randall, I got to give you credit. You're saying 49 on the line. I said, they have the greatest output in Raider football history. <laughs> it's over. I said, don't even give another play oh, after that. Guys, that's a walk-off. That's hilarious. You talked about that. Yeah. Randall, I'm sorry. I've been, th as a degenerate, it's just something I've been thinking about. I, it's it's impressive. Impressive. Guys, I'm so annoyed because last week we had a good week on the show, and I told you our biggest edge was the Lions against the Cowboys. 
We got the cover. Guys, I wanted the money line. I wanted the money line underdog. And you know that guy reported, Decker reported. So it still irks me. We got the cover at six and a half. Ended up dropping down, I think, to four and a half. But I wanted the money line at plus 230. Really did. But, Mike, I'll tell you, thank you. Because what happened was you came on last week and you talked about the Chiefs game. And I loved the argument you made. And after you made it, I started looking at it myself. You said Kansas City at home minus seven. And I'm not afraid to lay points. But you said they lost three in a row. I thought it was a great spot, Patrick. They go and win the game. I'll tell you right now, I don't know if they were trying to get Harrison Butker a clause in his contract, but for some reason they were settling for field goals left and right in that one. But Mike, I, I love the play and I followed you on it. And it wasn't, I know the game was close in the first half, but it wasn't really as close as the final score. Now, it, was, it was, I want comfortable covers, guys, when we come on here. Amal, that was not comfortable, but we did get it. And how many times does it go in the other direction for us? So I guess it evened out the two-point conversion and the comfortable cover. Wasn't the mother of God game I talked about, but we did cover the seven. That's what that is. Yeah, that one, I mean, they scored a touchdown on their opening possession, and then the Chiefs just could not. I think there's something to take there. A good cover for you guys and a win, but the Chiefs moving forward, they're a team, especially once we get to the postseason. I don't know if I'm going to be looking to back them. Okay, let's do this. We'll start with the NFL, and then we'll get to the two of you in college hoops. Uh, we'll start here. Washington in a spot Obviously, Rivera on the way out. Here comes Dallas. Dallas needs the win. You're going to take the Commanders catching 13 and a half. Yeah, 16.1% edge here, guys. 68.5% chance of winning. This is a rivalry game. You know Dallas needs to win to win the division, but that's an awful lot of points, 13 and a half. You had San Francisco coming off the loss, ready to roll. Washington actually stayed competitive, and if Sam Howell just stops throwing it to the other team and we get some normal turnover aggression, there you go. You know the Cowboys can't run the ball. CeeDee Lamb on the road. This is a big game. It's just a lot of points. I'm not saying that Dallas isn't going to win, but you're going to give me almost two touchdowns. And guys, the theme that we have here today, which you've seen before, is the lines and the betters often overestimate the value in these week 18 games. They think the team that has to win is going to win, and they think the team that has nothing to play for is going to just lay down, and that is not the case. Double digits, rivalry game on the road here against Washington with a Dallas team that's defense didn't look great against Detroit, and they can't run the ball. Give me the 13 and a half. Let's go with a similar theme. Baltimore is catching four at home. You like the Ravens in the rivalry against the Steelers. Is this kind of a comparable thinking here with Baltimore really not having to, anything to play for? Pittsburgh with their postseason on the line. Oh, Amal, come on, man. You think the Ravens want to ruin the Steelers' season? Last nine games between these two teams decided by seven points or less. We don't care if it's the backups. We've seen the backups before. It's just way too many points. Ravens 7-1 and one as a home underdog under John Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Not all of those games had Lamar Jackson. This is a rivalry, blue-collar game. I know we're fired up about Mason Rudolph, and he's done a decent job in Pittsburgh, but it's not like he was slinging it all over the place against Seattle. You're not going to run on this Ravens team. You're on the road. Too many points here. I will grab it with the Ravens. It's, this is a close game either way. Patrick, I like his angle on this one, but I'm thinking you're giving me either Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, or Mitch Trubisky coming to M&T at some time in the postseason. I'll take it. You know what else, boys? We talk about Week 18 being like a preseason, but remember, preseason, it's expanded rosters. There's yep. 53 guys, so when we talk about them sitting everybody, there's only so many options to sit. Yep. So the Ravens are going to have to play a bunch of starters. We just know that. So I think a point well taken from both of you. Kansas City at the Chargers Mike, you're going to go over 35 and a half. Yeah, our model here has been great with the totals. Just fantastic. We have an 18% edge, guys, that reeks of the Raiders Charger game of a couple weeks ago. Over 35 and a half. The Chiefs can score. Their defense did not look great against Cincinnati. And the Chargers actually have been able to move the ball here with Easton Stick. Maybe they get some players back here for the last game, get up and down the field a little bit. I don't think the Chargers defense, which is one of the worst per DBOA, Aaron Schatz here at FTN, I don't think they can stop anyone. Chiefs are going to score. Chiefs defense has struggled. Rivalry game again. We're going over 35 and a half. Big edge, 18% edge right now. 70% chance of winning here at FTN. Mike, last weekend of the regular season, should people potentially look towards the over in the few games where there's nothing to play for? You've seen historically in the final game of the regular season, they tend to be a little bit higher scoring when teams are disengaged on both sides. Yeah, Mal, I think they're just taking chances. I think there's, there's if you have nothing to play for, you're going to be more risk 
uh, welcoming. You're not going to be risk adverse. They're going to look to push the envelope, fourth and two, things like that. Yes, I tend to see the overs. Their teams are going to score. Players actually playing for a contract for next year. And you have, of course, those bonuses, which are littered across the NFL. So a lot of reasons to go for it, a lot of reasons to take risks, and a lot of reasons to score points. Good job, guys. I'm glad you brought it up. Incentive chasing in week 18 is very valuable when it comes to full game and prop betting. Incentive chasers. We'll give you out. Somebody broke it down perfectly. We'll give you out the Twitter coming up in just a little bit. Okay, last one in the NFL. Jacksonville, TBD on the quarterback. Tennessee, TBD on the quarterback. You're going to take the Titans at home catching five and a half. Yeah, Mike Vrabel came out today, guys, and said, listen, we're going to play this game. And I, I totally believe him. 12.8% edge here at FTN. So all these picks I'm giving you have over a double-digit edge, which is a 65-plus documented chance of winning what our models this year. Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville's offense certainly struggling. Players that are banged up as well. Tennessee with the pass rush at home should be able to generate pressure. Is it going to be Trevor Lawrence? Is it going to be C.J. Beathard? Either way, Derrick Henry, last game of the year. I think this team can move the ball. I think Tennessee's defense, and I believe in Vrabel. This is a rivalry, again, within the division, on the road, getting points, way over value here. Jacksonville favored by five and a half, six points on the road. No chance. I'll take Tennessee. And Patrick, to follow up on this point, remember they got embarrassed down in Duval by 20. Three of the last four losses for Tennessee have been by three points. And I think if there's any coach, I think we'd all agree, Mike, if there's one coach you want to back in a game that may appear meaningless is Mike Vrabel. His team's one thing, they always play hard. Yeah, they always play hard, over 60% as an underdog, especially at home here. He's fantastic. We've seen him. I believe this team is going to come forth and put a good effort. Mike Vrabel could be looking for another job next year, possibly leaving on his own, that sort of thing. A lot of incentives here for Tennessee. I do not think they just let Jacksonville come in and steamroll them. I don't know if Jacksonville can even do that if they want to. Okay, we'll come back and talk college basketball. A minute and a half, Mike. What did you take away from last night? The Wolverines are four-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington in the national championship game. Yeah, watching both of those games, I mean, are we going to continue to undervalue Washington? I mean, their offense looks tremendous. I think it's too many points here. Michigan has been great. Good job by Harbaugh and the team. But they're going to have to control the clock and avoid the big play. Yes, I like Michigan's defense, but they're playing without their center on offense, which I think is going to be a big deal against Washington. This Washington offense, West Coast bias, whatever you want to call it, has been underrated. That was really impressive. Nice win by Michigan. Made the plays they had to. But are they going to be able to stop the high-power aerial attack of Washington? I have my doubts. Okay. By the way, how was, happy, how was New Year's in Jersey this year? New Year's was good. We're getting a little older here, guys, so a little bit slow. The kids were fired up, played a little knock hockey, did all that stuff. Very competitive here. There was some wrestling with my son, but we got through it here. A couple beverages, martini, as per my uh, reputation here, enjoyed that as well. But it was a good, good time. How about you guys? It was, it was great. My question, was what, great. Is, what is knock hockey? Uh, you know, with the sticks when you're a kid, he's, he's, you know, I end up getting whacked with the stick. The little shuffle, the little puck, you got to hit into the net off the side. You get it. <laughs> Yeah, my New Year's was lit, boys. I think I was in bed on the West Coast before the East Coast ball dropped. So <laughs> to, say what that, to say what that means for a 45-year-old man that lives alone with his dog. We're coming back with Mike Randall and some college basketball next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings on a Tuesday. All right. So let's play the game. What happens on Tuesdays, hour three? Yeah, hell yeah. It's Berkey Tuesday. Adam Burke, managing editor at vison.com, doing an amazing job. And we say Happy New Year, January 2nd, 2024 for Mr. Burke. My assumption is Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, flank Adam Burke there at the D. I'm Patrick Maher. The, my assumption is you and your wife went and saw a concert for New Year's Eve. Am I right? No. Nope. Oh, stunner. Super low-key night. We didn't really do all that much of anything. That is, I think you guys would agree, that is stunning. Although, that's probably the best night to stay off the road. Wouldn't you guys agree? That's not the night you want to be out. Completely, and especially living in Vegas. I think he's got 364 other days which he can explore that instead of having to deal with all the just the tens and thousands of people in town. It's it's amateur hour. New Year's Eve. Yeah. New Year's Eve, St. Patrick's Day, amateur hour all the way. Yeah, I think it was the first year I was living in Vegas. I was, maybe saw a girl twice, and I asked her what she was doing for New Year's, and she said she was going to the Strip, so we never saw each other again. <laughs> like, why? what are you doing? you got to be a psychopath. We like, did, you're th- going to the Strip on New Year's Eve? Those wait, are did, bad decisions. We can't continue. Did, did you never do Times Square, that means, when you lived in New York City? Of course not. And I lived like a block away <laughs> when I'm going to urinate my pants. Like, there's nowhere to go to the bathroom. Uh, literally. Your, your apartment that's a block away, apparently. Wait, you right. But then you hang out with a bunch of like literally one million of you, Dustin, standing there waiting for the <laughs> yeah, ball to drop. I mean, I don't really do New Year's after I got kicked out of a club when I was like 24. I've never done new, like gone hard for New Year's anymore because I treat a regular Friday like it's New Year's around here. So I, I don't need New Year's. <laughs> I did New Year's down on the Strip the first year that we were here in 2021. It was still kind of covid so there weren't really a lot of people here. Like, there were still restrictions and stuff like that. So there was nobody down on Las Vegas Boulevard, so that was fun. But last year, I was – well, two years ago now, I guess, I was on a plane watching Ohio State lose to Georgia. So that was fun. Well, there's a rumor that you'd prefer a new head coach at Ohio State. Oh, yeah? And his name is Kalen DeBoer. Is this a rumor? Uh, I wish it was. I wish it was a real thing, actually. But, yeah, I I want Kalen DeBoer. Despite what happened yesterday with the horrific clock management late in that game. Yeah, that was weird. um, The idea of, you know, I mean, he'd have a Southpaw quarterback in Aaron Nolan. He'd have Ohio State's wide receiver pipeline. It, it would be fantastic. There are cultural issues, I think, with that Ohio State program right now, too. It's not just Ryan Day being an inept coach and a bad play caller. There are some cultural things going on with that program as well right now that it's just not good. So, Kalen DeBoer, somebody else, I, it's time to move on from Ryan Day. Tell you what, Amal, got, you're, I believe, a Day supporter. Fair? Well, I think when you look at what they've accomplished so far, they didn't win a national championship. They probably should have. When you look at the talent, they've been right there with Bama, just behind Alabama and right around Georgia in terms of talent overall. But I get where Adam is coming from, and I think the one point that he made is extremely valid is I think there's a cultural issue. And I'll tell you what, next year is a huge year, not just in terms of Ryan Day. But in terms of the program, this has probably been the most winning program in the six sports in North America over the last 60 years. They've had three losing seasons since like 1960. No other college program even comes close to that. But the problem has been they've not been able to get over the top. And I get you're going to struggle against uh, Missouri because you have a third string quarterback in there. But my God, this offensive line is complete finesse. They haven't been tough for a couple of years. You have two guys that are starting in the NFL and Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson. And you've got wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks that are first-round picks left, right, and center. But they can't figure out a way to beat a guy in J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum uh, in three t- in three tries. So wait, you're agreeing then. You want him out based on what no, you just I, said. I'm not saying that. I get 
get where he's coming from. My concern always is, and this was an argument I had a fr with a friend of mine in Dallas one time about Romo. I said, Romo's got to go. He goes, okay, fine. He goes, who do you replace him with? And I think you could get Kalen DeBoer because Washington, as good of a program as it is right now, Ohio State is a, is a bigger job. But to me, if you don't make the right hire, and I've seen it with so many programs, they just fall off of a cliff very, very quickly. So bringing in the right coach is crucial to how a program sustains itself. See, and here's the thing. So th there was an awful announcing blog post today. This was also on 11 Warriors, one of the Ohio State uh, blog sites, that you know there was a podcast with one of the offensive linemen, and he let a lot slip. This was before the game against Missouri. He kind of let on that Ohio State doesn't really believe in paying offensive linemen out of their NIL collective. And there were some other things that he kind of talked about that were culturally long wrong with the program. And then you watch Michigan push around Alabama yesterday, and you're like, okay, maybe Ryan Day is onto something about the toughness of this team. But then you either have to, A, pay offensive linemen, or B, they have to improve while they're there. And that really hasn't been the case for Ohio State here recently. So I just think there's a lot wrong with this program. And also, I mean, look, you know, what has kind of separated Michigan is their coordinator hires. They've made really, really good coordinator hires the last few years. Ohio That's State correct. made a good one with Jim Knowles. Yet Ryan Day is still calling plays, and it's not benefiting the program at all. So if Day's going to be too headstrong to make those decisions and surround himself with good people the way that Harbaugh has done, then this is just going to continue, and that's unacceptable in Columbus. I, I think you've got to give Harbaugh credit for this, right? Remember two years ago, Josh Gaddis was running his gums? Josh Gaddis is now lucky to be an OC anywhere. I think he's at Maryland now as the OC, if I'm not mistaken. But Miami? Did he go to Miami first? He, he was at Miami, Miami first. first. Yeah, he got fired at Miami yeah. after one oh, year. Oh, oh, oh. Can we just think about this with Ryan Day? You guys saw what he did with multiple quarterbacks, got the most out of them, got them to the NFL. Stroud, Haskins, he gets a lot out of his quarterbacks. The, the college football landscape changed for him in a way. They had Quinn Ewers come in early. Remember? Quinn Ewers graduated high school early. They had a plan in place. This was supposed to be Quinn Ewers' year at Ohio State, but he graduates early, ends up at Ohio State, transfers to Texas when he doesn't see a path to play. They ended up stuck for one season without elite quarterback play with Kyle McCord. The reason Kyle McCord's on the roster is because he got you Marvin Harrison Jr. because they're friends, because they played together. Every coach is allowed to have a year like this when you look at the situation they were in and they just they just didn't adjust in one year to the NIL world. I, I can appreciate what you're saying, but I'll counter it with a few things. Bobby Bowden had 13 straight top four finishes, and they played Miami and Florida every year. Second, when you talk about the players that are coming to Ohio State, Ohio State, if we're being very honest, and no disrespect to Penn State, the Ohio State schedule has one and a half games on it every year. It depends on who they play in the non-conference and the game against Michigan. I'm going to tell you right now, you could take Richie Kotite and you can win the rest of the Big Ten. It doesn't matter who the coach is against these inept teams. They have so much more talent than everybody else. And then when you start to look around at the players that have come through Ohio State in the last five, six years and what they've done at the NFL level and the lack of success that Ohio State has had compared to what Alabama's had. When Alabama's got elite players, they win and they win big time. Think about this. Ohio State loses by 28 in a national championship game when they had Justin Fields, Garrett Wilson. I mean, so there have been guys that have been there. They've had the opportunity, but they haven't put it together. And now there's a mental block that they can't beat Michigan. Look, Michigan's got their best team that they've had since 97 this year. But if we're being completely honest, the college football playoff from the first year in 2014 when the Buckeyes won it, you include the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, all these teams in there. None of these teams this year are at that level of those other teams that have come before them. Here's you the thing. To bring you're this, building a case against Day, correct? To, to bring this back to yesterday, Michigan is not as talented as Ohio State. Oh, there's but no question. Michigan's coaching staff gets way more out of their yep. players than Ohio State does. That's a Ryan Day problem. So when I watch Jesse Minter, because, you know, I liked Alabama a lot in that game. I thought the wrong team was favored. I liked the Crimson Tide quite a bit. But what we saw from Jesse Minter in that game, more creative, more disguised blitzes, more stunts up front, getting a bunch of guys after Milrow, exposing the tackles on the outside for Alabama. Those were things that I didn't see from Michigan throughout the course of the season. I don't know that Ohio State would have looked all that different if they had been, you know, a Final Four team, something like that. But Michigan did. Michigan adapted in a lot of different ways. They were easily the better team in that football game, even though I don't know if they were the more talented team. And I don't think they're more talented than Ohio State. But here they are winning these big games. I know they lost to TCU last year. That was just a track meet up and down game. But 
Jesse Minter got a lot out of that defense yesterday that we didn't see during the regular season as they were still probably the number one defense in the country. So it comes down to coaching to me. And I think that Michigan's coaching staff with the coordinators specifically has been exceptional the last few years. And we saw that on display again yesterday. Yeah. At Michigan, they call it PC and, and yeah, it's PC and PC pre COVID and post COVID of assistant hires by Harbaugh. When he first got to Michigan, he hired a bunch of donks. And since COVID, he's hired really, really well-respected assistants. And look at the program. It's been completely different. He had to take a pay cut coming out of COVID. Uh, if you guys act nicely, you can have Shane Beamer from South Carolina. I promise. We'll give him to you at Ohio State. You're welcome. Well, we need a quarterback's coach. Well, no, South Carolina's a perfect jump-off point because uh, Ryan Day wanted to fight a former South Carolina coach, and he's like 95 <laughs> years old. It's probably the weirdest, I, weirdest moment yeah, of that, the season that yes. nobody brings up. But, uh, you know what? Right. I, you guys are correct on that, the way Day responded to Lou Holtz in the Notre Dame game. But I think the one area where like that, that guy's almost dead. That, that's fine. But you got to, hey, you fight the fights, you can win. I mean, the bottom line is this. When, for me, from this perspective, and I think Adam would agree with this, the Buckeyes need a guy that's an Ohio guy to coach this team. They've got too many mercenaries on their team. Most of the players that come in, recruiting-wise, California, Texas, Florida, they're all here to get to the league. You know, uh, Kyle McCord came out and said it. He goes, Ohio State, Michigan's another, just another game. If you feel that way, you just can't say it publicly. It's okay to feel that way, but you just can't say it publicly if you wear the scarlet and gray. Okay. Just hire Kalen DeBoer and just fix it all. I was going <laughs> this is turned well, into. I wouldn't leave. See, I wouldn't leave a place where I can do whatever I want in Washington and deal with the Correct. BS that comes with Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, he can win three straight national titles. He loses the fourth. They're going to ask to fire him. And also, you lost that on Luke Fickle. He's not leaving Wisconsin to come back home. Nobody wants well, him. Nobody wants Fickle anyway. Nobody wants Donk Fickle. Six and hey. seven. Okay, I solved the problem, and maybe we'll come back and talk about relevant teams. You guys at Ohio State, you want an Ohio guy? How about LeBron? When we return, Burke is here. We've got a ton, including Week 18 project. LeBron's the answer to everything. Would you guys hire LeBron or MJ for the next? Never mind. Uh, week 18 previews, scenarios, vcin.com by Berkey. We come back. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.